0: Welcome, my name is Andrew.
1: And I'm Rachel.
0: And we are Picture the Sea Podcast, a true crime podcast aiming to put you the listener at the scene of the crime. We bring you a new episode on a weekly basis, mainly focusing on lesser known crimes from the UK and Ireland. However, at times we expand into cases from anywhere in the world and or ones that are well known. As we are a true crime podcast, listener caution is always advised. Although, unless we go off on a crazy tangent, there should be no descriptions of violence, abuse, or death in this one. But don't turn off. Hopefully you'll still enjoy it anyway. Now, if you like what you hear, please do follow us on whatever social media platform you prefer, along with wherever you listen. And if you do have the capability, give us a rating and review as well. It means the world to us and it really does help us. If you like us that much that you want to support us, you can do so for less than the price of a cup of tea or coffee on Patreon. We release bonus content every month and have plans for additional content very soon. The links Well there to- you go. Yes, there you go <laughs> indeed.
1: <laughs> the sales speech terms and conditions part is over, guys.
0: It is it's almost over. The links <laughs> the links to our social medias and Patreon can be found in the show notes or visit patreon.com slash forward slash that is scene pod, That's p a t r e o n dot com forward slash s c e n e p o d now the terms and the conditions are over. Rachel, how have you been? What's new in your life?
1: Yeah, I've been good, thanks. And I'm sorry for taking the mic there. I didn't mean to, but uh, no, there's there's obviously a lot of like show content that we want to cover at the start of the episodes. Um, that just it seemed like a lot there. So didn't didn't mean to take the mic.
0: It just um, seemed
1: like a lot. Yeah. But yeah, all good. Thanks, Andrew. How have you been?
0: I've been sparkling. Do you know what happened last night? I didn't oh, go you. on. Last night it was that windy that our like gas-fired barbecue, so quite heavy, blew over. No, and I was even struggling to pick up this morning. I was like, but but the wheelie bins which were next to it didn't blow over. Alice just don't want to hear this. Do that.
1: <laughs> how can something
0: that weighs a ton blow over, but the wheelie bins don't? Anyway. Oh,
1: mind blown! Is is your gas barbecue okay? And was your toasty maker anywhere near it?
0: No, <laughs> we've not. I did decent. Breville's okay, right? We've not had a Breville conversation in ages. I've we? we've
1: not. We've not.
0: Um, yeah, I've been I've been cheating on it recently. I've been making uh, my toasts in the pan.
1: In the pan, dropping a bombshell like that. (laughs) Luckily, we're not hosting a cookery podcast though. so uh, let's get into it. Yes.
0: (laughs) Um, So, our story today talks about a lady who seems to spend a lot of her life ready and waiting.
1: Hang on Uh, a minute. You haven't asked me the key question.
0: No, hang on a minute. Let me get to my point. Um, (laughs) Okay. As we can tell, Rachel is eager to get ready and going. She won't let me talk about cooking. So. Our story today talks about a lady who seemed to spend a lot of her life ready and waiting. So I ask you this, Rachel. Are you ready for some true crime?
1: Clearly, I'm too ready. Yes, I'm, I'm de- I definitely am.
0: So, if it's safe for you to do so, I'd like you to relax. Close your eyes and picture the scene. Today, I'd like to take us to the 27th of February, 2022, which was a Sunday. And I'd like to take us to the morning of that Sunday, almost a year ago, and we're going to the village of Santa Barbara, which is, in a, which is a small village of around 4,000 people in the Tarragona province, which is in the eastern part of Spain. And it's in Catalonia. It was around 14 degrees Celsius in the morning on this sleepy Sunday, which is about 57 degrees Fahrenheit. Now we're in the morning because there's anyone who lives or have lived in a warm country in the past, you know the best time to do things is either early or later in the day. Because when it gets too hot, it's simply too hot to do anything. Now, you know the old saying, Rachel, only mad dogs and Englishmen go out in the midday sun, which Rud- Rudyard Kipling said. It's a wise saying. So if you have any sense, you never go out in the baking sun, do you?
1: No, you don't. But I also love the fact that you just addressed the listeners by saying, you know, you'd be mad to, you know, we all know you don't steal anything in the middle of the day. You'd steal things in the early morning or the early evening. Just (laughs) a wild comment to make to our listeners who probably don't steal things. No,
0: I didn't say steal, did I? But um, anyway. Sorry. uh, But even the police, if if you look into it, when the police raid someone's house, unless it's like urgent, They always do it early in the morning in England anyway, or at tea time.
1: At tea time.
0: No, seriously. I asked a policeman once why they did this. And he said to me, it's for safety reasons, because early in the morning people are asleep. Mm -hmm. And at at tea time, oh, sorry, dinner time if you're in the south of England. um, (laughs) um, Then people are either preparing a meal or sitting down for a meal. So they're less likely to be able to attack back.
1: Yeah, I, yeah, that's a really good point. And I know a couple of, um, you know, podcasts and, and shows that I've listened to and watched have always addressed like the early morning thing, because you are catching them completely off guard. You can even travel to the property without people, you know, being alerted, because obviously you're not on like the blues and twos. But um, the tea time one is is a really good point and something i've never considered that people are less likely to be armed or even aware because you are so focused in in your household um whether you are cooking for yourself or whether you're cooking for a number of people you're just focused on what's the dinner and getting it like plated up and, and ready aren't you you're not um potentially like Worried about anything else, which might be, you know, when the feds are gonna come and bust down your door and handcuff you.
0: Exactly, and as we know, listeners, Rachel is is down with the um, down with the people. I don't even know the right term because <laughs> because she uses the term feds when the feds are gonna come and get you. Um,
1: oh, sorry, I've clearly watched too many like American shows and dramas.
0: That's what that's what British youth say about the police. They call them feds. Oh, do they? Maybe you're a huddle them. But anyway, let's go back to Spain, shall we? And let me introduce you to Antoinette Arguilio, or, or Marie Antoinette, as a few people who knew her knew her by. She was a 47-year-old woman from Italy, and she knew that it would be getting too warm later on in the day to walk her two dogs. So off she took them, leaving her apartment and heading towards some waste ground near to where she lived to exercise them and let them do their business. So, thanks for uh, clarifying. That's okay. As she was doing what she did every morning, probably, though well, I am guessing here because I, I didn't watch her, she was <sighs> thinking, probably thinking about a day ahead. All of a sudden, three cars sped toward her, pulled up, and several members of the Spanish Guard of Seville pulled up. That's the Spanish police, for those who don't know, and they quickly pounced on her, arrested her.
1: My God! That's yeah, like shake your pants, wouldn't you?
0: And she looked a little bit bamboozled.
1: Did she get to take the dog in the in the in the police van?
0: I don't know where she took the dogs, but she didn't give up a fight. I've seen a video of it when they arrested her. She didn't give up a, a fight, and she, it looked like she had a quiet acceptance of her fate as they put the handcuffs on her hands, hands as I as you just mentioned that were still holding the two leads oh. of her two dogs. And both dogs, bless them, they were just waiting patiently for the owner to give them an indication of what would happen next. They have just stood there waiting, yeah. With the Spanish police were two British people, a man and a woman. And they both worked for the British government. And they were with the Spanish police as Antoinette was led towards one of the police cars to go to the police station.
1: Interesting. And
0: and they were there because the person they addressed was labelled up until that very moment the most wanted woman in the UK.
1: Oh, wow. I now feel bad for feeling sorry for her because there was, um. I think it might have been the dogs. The dogs definitely like played on my heartstrings. I was like, why this poor woman? But,
0: exactly. okay, right.
1: Well, did why... not realise she was the most wanted woman in the UK at the time.
0: Why are these nasty feds picking this woman up to walking a dog in Spain? Exactly. Yeah. So, do you know who she is, Rachel? And if you don't, can you guess why she was the most wanted woman in the UK?
1: No, I don't know who she is. And can I guess why she's the most wanted woman in the UK? You said there wasn't going to be any blood and gut unless we went off on a tangent today. So I'm guessing, um, yeah, there was some sort of uh, white-collar crime here uh, that you have definitely alluded to. So um, what's she done? Has she been stealing artwork? I'm going to go artwork.
0: Okay. Best. Well, before we tell you, I tell you what she has done, let me tell you that she wasn't an Italian national called Antoinette Arguilio. That was just some fake ID that she had been using for the previous seven years while living in oh. Spain.
1: Interesting. Her,
0: exactly. Her real name was Sarah Panitsk, who was from York in the north of England.
1: Oh, wow. I wonder whether she had like a really thick Yorkshire accent. Oh, York. Oh, no.
0: Yeah, York. That's oh, maybe a
1: really posh, yeah, yeah, maybe a really posh accent then. Okay, okay.
0: She had been on the run since 2013, since she was found guilty and sentenced in her absence after going on the run during one of her court trials. In her, in her absence, she had been sentenced to an eight-year prison sentence, and in 2016, the potential of another nine years would be added if she didn't pay back £2.4 million that the courts had determined she'd received as proceeds from crime.
1: OMG.
0: Now, she had to repay the money within three months of the order in 2016 for her to do so. But mm. as she was on her run, she couldn't do so. So she,
1: <laughs> Yeah, she wasn't going to yeah. arrange a bank transfer and give away a location, was she?
0: Exactly. So she was now facing 17 years in prison. It was also worth noting that the interest charged on what she owed was £538 a day, meaning that in May of last year... The amount had rose to 3.4 million pounds.
1: Oh, that's daylight robbery. Can I just um, clarify as well? And I'm probably going to regret saying this later when I find out what she's done. Because you're probably going to pull on some more heartstrings. But 17 years for whatever she has done. Unless she has, you know, like killed people. That's a lot. That's a lot of time versus, you know, you the likes of your like real kind of like dark, nasty criminals, and not saying that she's not a criminal because I haven't found out why yet. But like, if you compare to like murder or um, you know, child abuse or um, you know, people that are like assault, battery, um, and all all of the other kind of awful things that we cover on this podcast, like seventeen years is a lot, isn't it?
0: It's a lot. I think it's because when they do these uh, orders to pay back money, it gets higher the more they have to people have to pay back. So that's why like don't forget like nine years of that was just if she didn't pay back. So in theory if she'd have paid it back she wouldn't have had those nine years and so she'd but have had the, eight and out in maybe four, five years.
1: The courts love to make examples of um people that are um, you know, these kind of white collar criminals though, don't they? Because They see it as really, um, you know, taking advantage, depending what environment this woman has worked in. Maybe she's worked in a gallery, for instance, if she has stolen art, or in a bank if she is a fraudster, and all of these things. Like, they just make an example to kind of teach other people a lesson. But, yeah, I just feel like, comparatively, it's it's
0: quite extreme, isn't it? I'm going to get on... In a few minutes, as to what crime or crimes okay. she had committed, but before I do so, the observant listeners out there, of which Rachel isn't one, will, no- <laughs> will notice that she had been on the run since two thousand and thirteen. yet had only been using her fake ID since two thousand and fifteen. so what about the first two years of her time spent evading the police? Well, in those two years, she didn't use any fake ID. She simply didn't do anything that would require her. To need ID, she would hardly leave her apartment that she had, depending on her husband who visited, visited her at the weekend with fresh supplies. Oh. So, what changed in 2015 was the fact that she'd been traced by the British and Spanish authorities to the town of Olivia in the province of Barcelona in Spain. But as she was under surveillance, the police took too long to prepare her to arrest her, and she noticed them watching her. Now, in a true Hollywood-style plotline, she managed to alter her identity enough by wearing a fake wig and whatnot, and she simply walked straight past the people watching her and escaped.
1: Wow, okay.
0: So this may sound like I'm stretching the truth here to make it sound good, but the Guardia of they actually admitted this. They admitted their mistake in 2015. Now, I put in here, do you need a quote, or do you think you can take my word from it?
1: I'll take your word for it. I know you're trustworthy.
0: Good, because I had a real a quote down. But
1: there is, <laughs> there, there is In that quote, case, I want a quote.
0: <laughs> there is quotes out there if you Google it. So what, what her escape did do, though, was to focus the police's attention on catching her even more. They put more effort and resources into it, but as she had broken all physical contacts with family or friends since that date, they struggled to find her. So who was Sarah? How did she end up in Spain with a false Italian ID? Well, Sarah was born in Yorkshire and spent her childhood growing up in the beautiful village of escrick near York in Yorkshire. Her family were well off, with locals reporting their driveway always had Porsches, BMWs, Mercedes, and the like. And wow. they, and they lived in a large detached house.
1: Nice.
0: She was the oldest of two children. Her parents. Leo and Pauline had ensured they had the best start to life by sending their children to St. Peter's School in York, which was founded in 627 and is the third oldest school in the world, with fees being as high as £36,500 per year.
1: I bet, like, most graduates in that school, are, like, um, you know, famous people or, like, esteemed, like, colleagues and, like, big, you know... um, companies or you know they've gone on to like achieve great things I bet Sarah might be the only most wanted woman (laughs) in Britain on their roster
0: quite possibly I don't think she'll get invited back to Renium but Sarah's mother was a stay-at-home mom while her father was described as a successful property developer and insurance broker he was what he described as a character often describing himself as a pension advisor to whomever would talk to him As he was a permanent fixture in their local pub the black bull buying anyone who wanted one a drink Wow now Sarah was an exceptionally bright child studying 10 GCSEs and 3a levels her school noting that she was an outstanding debater which but she also had a rebellious streak so much so that her parents built a bar at the end of their garden with a TV and pool table in it to keep her at home so she could invite her friends around. But I didn't stop her going out and carry on drinking while she was still underage outside of her home.
1: Yeah, but as well, like, what kid wouldn't do that? When would this be, sorry, the 90s? Yes, roughly, yeah. Yeah, so, you know, I, I can't imagine there'd be a lot of children that didn't do
0: that. But imagine your parents saying, okay, I'm gonna build you a bar and a... a yeah, oh
1: no, time. definitely, that is extreme. But uh, yeah, they're, they're still going to want to fit in with the other kids that don't have parents that can build the bath, right?
0: Okay. Yeah, exactly. Now, her childhood summers would be spent in Spain, where her parents had a second home. And this of is course. when, she, yeah, of course. And this is when she developed her love of Spain and all things Spanish. So much so that when she left school, she studied, she studied Spanish at degree level, with her dream one day to own a hotel in Spain. Oh, wow. Her life changed somewhat, though, when she was 19 in 1993, when her father was arrested and subsequently found guilty of and was sentenced to four years in prison for property fraud.
1: Do you know what? When you said he described himself as a pensions advisor, I was going to say something, but then I thought, no, Rachel, don't be disrespectful. Um... But yeah, yeah, no, there's just something about his character, the way you were describing that, you know, he he described himself as a pensions advisor. And I'm thinking, "Hmm, Ponzi scheme, potentially, like he's got going on in the background. Or, and as well, like buying everyone a drink, just trying to keep on the good side of people. But yeah. yeah.
0: So he was caught selling council houses too early. So in the UK, for those people out of the UK, when you're in social housing, after a certain number of years, you can buy your property at a reduced price, with the only caveat being that if you sold it before a certain number of years had passed, you had to pay the difference of what you bought it at and what the market value was back to the council. Yep. So he would help people buy the council house and then sell it on way too early for a profit, keeping a cut of the profit and fixing it so no one had to give the council anything. Oh, wow. She would describe the time in diaries that would come out later and letters that uh, that her father was in prison as the worst time of her life though i imagine and only guessing here that once she got arrested herself that changed that wasn't her worst time of her life anymore
1: possibly maybe maybe oh no i was going to say maybe she wanted to get arrested to go and visit daddy but um he have been well out by then he only got four years didn't he
0: yeah so when she finished her degree She studied for a master's degree in business management at a university in Barcelona, again working towards the goal of owning a hotel in Spain. She spent the next few years in Spain, volunteering local charities and working for property rental companies, learning French and Catalan fluently while she did. Nice. It was here that she fell into the criminal world. So let's stop this suspense, shall we? I'll tell you why she was arrested and then go back to how she got up to that point of being arrested and how she escaped justice so sarah was arrested as playing a key part in a one billion pounds international money laundering scheme Spe- specifically she would take part in what is called missing trader intra community fraud now missing trader intercommunity community fraud or mitc as i refer it from here on in so i don't tongue time myself is estimated to cost European countries alone 50 billion euros a year in lost taxes. Now, MITC is when sophisticated and organised criminals create a structure of linked companies in different com- countries to take advantage of how VAT, which is value-added tax, is collected and dealt with differently in different locations.
1: That's so naughty. They're finding loopholes and... Uh, like, what? No, I'll let you carry on, sorry.
0: So what a gang of criminals, and or I have to say a wad of criminals, as Bailey from True Crime B&B would describe oh them as. A
1: wad,
0: I like it. I, do, I love that expression. Would do, they'd buy mobile phones in various countries in the EU and Dubai and export them to the UK. Thus, by exporting them, they could claim the VAT back in the countries yeah. they, they originally bought them in. And then they would sell them in the UK, charging customers for VAT, plus getting any profit as well. But then the companies who imported them would disappear a few months later, never actually paying any tax, including the old VAT, to the British revenue.
1: Yeah. So we have taken a hit on both sides.
0: They would then rinse and repeat this. This type of fraud is also known as carousel fraud, for anyone that wants to Google and get more details on it. These days... While it is still committed with physical goods, such as mobile phones or precious metals, it's also expanded into the environmental and energy sectors.
1: Yeah. I just, they're just, like, fleecing, you know, and they, they continuously develop as well with, with different um, products and services so that, you know, not only um, can the people that are tracking these types of fraud, you know, keep on not keep on top of them, but so that customers aren't, like aware to keep an eye out and therefore fall for the scam or, you know, for the innocent like sale or purchase. And, and that's the thing. It's not just the companies that are affected by this. When these people that buy these goods, when they're located, the items are seized. So they've unwillingly, no, I don't think a lot of the time they can be seized by the police.
0: Oh, I guess it could be. Yes. Yeah,
1: yeah. So like, I mean, from my experience, when I used to work in the bank, like, Yeah, a lot of the goods are seized. So then the customers that are completely unknowingly participating are also punished, not just the corporate. You know, everyone in the chain is disrupted.
0: I forgot you used to work in a bank, so yeah, you probably know all about this type of crime, don't you?
1: Like, not all about it, absolutely not, and definitely not at a complex level, but yeah, in general. um, And, you know, all sorts of different types of um, fraud that are... Um, you know, that, yeah, that these criminals take advantage of. But th- these cases are really complex. So, like, ha- ha- are you going to go on to tell us, like, how this woman, like, got involved in it? Because it can't just be, like, her on her own, you know. It, you know, these are big um, teams or... Uh, what did you call them? Wads.
0: Wads of criminals, yes.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: So how did Sarah, this well-spoken, well-connected woman... From an upper middle class family get drawn into an international criminal gang well it's due to those connections that she got exposure in the first place as she met jeffrey winston johnson now jeffrey was what we'd loosely know as a criminal gang leader a queer criminal who was successful he traveled europe and formed a gang of intelligent people who each didn't know each other but together would have the skills to pull this fraud off. This sounds like Ocean's Eleven to me, but it was real. Um, So skilled was he at keeping them all apart that when everyone was arrested, as they did arrest all in the gang, the police were still unable to link together how each of them could work without communicating with each other in silo. He would be arrested, but (laughs) amusingly, I probably shouldn't say amusingly, he would also abscond. Being sentenced in his absence to twenty four years originally, and in two thousand and sixteen he was given a confiscation order, the same as Sarah's, but he was ordered to repay a hundred and nine million pounds. If he didn't, and if he didn't within three months, he'd have to serve an additional fourteen years in prison. So oh you're goodness. talking like possible thirty eight years in prison here.
1: Yeah, and I, I get it. That's you know that context like the volume of money that he like was responsible for laundering versus sarah you know in context puts those two different um sentences you know together but like you're then putting and i'm sorry to keep on reverting to this but you're then putting a price on life yes because they are very um too very like you know very different um Uh, sentences. for I appreciate they're different crimes, but I mean, you can't put a value on someone's life that's been taken too soon, right?
0: No, you can't, no. He would be caught in 2017 when he travelled to Dubai from Kenya on a fake British passport and the Dubai authorities detected this and arrested him. He was 74 when he was arrested in 2017 in Dubai and I couldn't find out if he paid the money back or not, but if he didn't even considering he could only serve half potentially of his sentence—that's 18 years—so he'd be 92 when he got out. So a high wow. chance
1: if he got out, yeah, a
0: high chance he's going to die in prison or has already died in prison. So wow. you can you can see why he went on the run. But back to Sarah, because we're talking about Sarah today. Yeah. Sarah's this was to move the money about between countries so it could never be found, which she did well, given that even when arrested. The police or tax officers never found any of it when she was arrested when she was in the uk all members of the gang would be arrested at the same time her jeffrey and 16 others the gang itself would be sentenced to 135 years in total so that includes the eight years sarah got and the 24 that jeffrey got but it doesn't include any additional for repayments the gang would be ordered to pay back in total a few hundred million pounds. So how did she get caught? And then manage to escape? Well the catching part is not that exciting. After the tax office realised that they'd lost in the hundreds of millions of pounds. They spent months investigating the fake companies. And that's how they identified the 18 people in total. They put them under surveillance and arrested them all at once. They do believe that the reason they couldn't link how they gang communicated with each other is that there was one extra member who was on the European mainland who they never identified and could never arrest. But that was just a theory because they had no proof that this person person existed.
1: That he is um, no. always... Or, or, <laughs> yeah, he or she, sorry, is always looking over their shoulder, though.
0: Yeah, you'd imagine so. Sarah was, by this time, married to a Spanish man and would regularly travel between Spain and the UK, so when she was arrested the first time, the British authorities made one big mistake. When she was bailed, they forgot to ask her to surrender her passport.
1: Oh my God, the basics.
0: Yeah, so given she had lived in Spain for years, she spoke the language and had a Spanish husband, she simply got on a plane and disappeared. She must have been so happy about that. Like, why have they not asked me for my passport? Let's book a plane.
1: I know, that, like, that's the first thought, isn't it? Like... And yep. you, know, you know, like, when you're at a checkout and they're, like, scanning the goods and, and they don't scan something properly and you're like, oh, my God. Did, like, you know, do you th- do you think, oh, just tell them before they notice so you don't look like you're, you know, you're trying to get away with it or whatever. Um, but I'm sure when she was uh, booking out, if you like, and they're going through the tick list that her mind's in overdrive thinking, why haven't, why haven't they asked me for my passport? like
0: Yeah, exactly. So... After she had been arrested, she appealed not to be extradited back to the UK, stating that she should be allowed to serve her time in a Spanish prison given her ties to Spain and also that her husband had cancer, was not expected to live until she was released and would be unable to travel back to the UK to visit her due to his illness. She also argued that as the crime would have been spent under Spanish law, she therefore also shouldn't be deported back to the UK as you can usually only be deported if the crime exists in a country you've been deported from. Oh. So I'm not sure how she thought that would work, as she was arguing about a crime being spent not being invalid. So her request to serve her time in a Spanish jail was rejected by a Spanish oh, judge. Wow. And she, she travelled back to the UK to save her time. After she was arrested, she would state that she had to spend most of the years in hiding, And it was akin to a prison sentence anyway. And probably worse because she couldn't see her family. So she shouldn't have to serve it again.
1: Well, you know what though? You haven't been in prison. You can say it was like being in prison, but you haven't been in prison. Yes.
0: She says she regretted not being able to see her father before he died. Or go to his funeral because he told her he'd rather not see her than know she'd been arrested because of him. So she stayed away. So she she kept
1: in touch
0: with him then? Actually, that's a good point. Yeah, she must have done.
1: Unless he made like some sort of public appeal. No. Not appeal, but unless he kind of like made something public on an open profile somewhere that said, if my daughter out there is reading this, please do not ever get in touch with me.
0: No, publicly all her family said that they had cut ties off with her. Oh, wow, okay. Because of the crimes and she didn't want to be associated with her, but I never put those two together, so yeah, um, obviously that wasn't true. She also complained, and you probably lose a little sympathy here, Rachel, that she was running out of money towards the end, so she could no longer afford the expensive gin that she used in the gin and tonics. And oh, to, wow. And had to start buying and drinking the cheap gin.
1: I mean, I'm, I'm not going to lie to you. I wasn't expecting you to say that she couldn't afford the gin.
0: So yeah, we have to buy the Tesco value stuff rather than... The, oh. 100 pound a bottle is brutality terrible, it? Yes.
1: you know send me to prison now
0: exactly so rachel i can't really spend the end focusing on the victim as the victim is ultimately the british government and anyone who would benefit from tax money being spent but what did you think of that one a bit of a change from murder and violence
1: yeah definitely and really interesting case um yeah, I I mean, I'm guessing she's still alive. Yes. Staying out the rest of her life or, you know, the best part of her life, if you like, in, in, in prison. And um, it uh, probably like a little sad that she won't see her husband again. That can't sit well with her. But then you counter argue that with, well, you continued, you know, to be on the run. And, you know, you could have, for argument's sake, have repaid the money. Had your prison sentence and be out now, spending his last days with him. But you know, it is what it is. So I don't necessarily feel sorry for her. But uh, no, really interesting case.
0: Yeah, that's it. If she wouldn't have run away, if time would, and then she would have spent the mo- uh, paid the money back. She would have been out already.
1: Yeah, exactly, exactly. And you know what? Like, you can't. In these instances, I think it's human nature to feel like guilty and you know sad about the dogs that she was walking when she got like arrested by the feds and um you know sad about the fact that her husband lives out the rest of his life without her by his side but actually fundamentally she's a criminal she's stolen and um you know enjoyed the proceeds of, of, of of hundreds of thousands of pounds maybe not millions uh her herself um but yeah she's gonna have to just suffer the consequences of that and 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 yeah, deal deal with it.
0: And if you notice know she says that she couldn't afford to buy expensive gin, so I'm figuring she probably can't afford to pay back all the three million pounds. So she's gonna have to send her extra time. Spend that extra well, time in prison. But well,
1: that's the actually... thing, and and you argue did she ever actually have that three million pounds, like or was she paying people off to hide her identity, you know, protect the money, for instance. There are so many other people that are involved in these circles with the individuals that are the criminal and they take a cut, you know.
0: Yeah, and plus they caught them after a couple of years, so she would have been spending money as they went along, not like just putting it in a bank.
1: Yeah, exactly, exactly. It's really easy to think, oh, well, she's had this much money um, for this much time, but in actual fact, you know, even just hiding the money, if it's not in a physical bank account, if she's also had it in you know wads of cash um she'll be paying somebody to you know break that down into smaller uh, denominations so that she can spend it in the local shop and things like that exactly it's interesting and i do really like these cases because i've i've seen the other side of things and you know the victim kind of reporting the crime um in the bank for you know the period of time I worked there. So um it is interesting and you know I might might look at um a case in in future and uh, step away from the brutality um for for the white colour.
0: Why not? It's a it's a nice palette cleanse every now and again, isn't it? And I mush, know and
1: to be honest boost. you and a move boost, yeah, cleanse the palette. Um but to be honest as well, you'd brought us to pretty brutal cases on the bounce. So um, it was definitely time for something that uh, didn't want to make me cry.
0: Exactly. So this has been Season 2, Episode 13, called Catch Me If You Can. And for one last time, if it's safe for you to do so, i call like all of you to relax, close your eyes, and picture the scene. You have a family. You strive to work hard. You save... You cut costs so you can send your children to private school so they can get the best start in life. But can you be certain what their future is really going to be like? So, thank you all. And until next time, watch out for those wads of criminals
1: and the feds at dinner and the time. Feds,
0: yes. <laughs> thank you all. Goodbye.
1: Cheers, guys. Bye.